going to my cousin's studio and like he's playing for us all these fucking sounds he has on his keyboard. Okay, this is like a dumb. Okay, that's sick. All oh, this guitar. Ding, ding, ding. He's like, and then I got all these fart noises. Look. And I'm like, does anybody ever ask for that on the beat? Like, hey, you think you can put that wet fart like right after I say this shit? Right? Extra soggy, please. Extra soggy with some bass. That's rough. Yeah, you got the fart sound on your shit? Nah, nah. Okay, I'm gonna no have to one, get you that package. No one's asked me for that yet. Oh, Thank God. for that. Someone did ask me for the underwater though one time. It made me sound like I'm underwater. And I looked at him like, why? <laughs> That's, like, that why? doesn't sound like anything. Yeah, like what? You sound like, like you're sound like you're bubbling. You sound like you're drowning. <laughs> the San Diego Hoppy Hour. This is Marco Castillo, your host. Today you're joining us here at the North Park Beer Company, who's been gracious enough to go ahead and let us in and use their balcony space, which is pretty awesome. This place is really cool. Yeah, it's pretty dope up here, man. And joining me today, we have a couple of brand new guests. So uh, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. If you can, go for it, man. Well, my name is Yukeem, and uh, I don't know. Well, what do you do, you do, Yukeem? <laughs> uh... Do a lot of things right now, mainly DJing, uh, managing a venue in North Park called Queen Bees, putting on shows, um, and yeah, just staying busy. I got Jordan, also known as Jay Trill, here with me. He runs the music studio at Queen Bees. I've known him for a long time. You can say what's up. What up? That's Trill. Welcome, welcome. Um, Thank you. Me and him went on tour. Me, him, and his brother Tram Life went on tour when I used to do art shows maybe, what, four years ago? Uh, it was a little longer. I think it was 2012. Yeah, it was like 2012. So that was like six years ago, man. We're getting old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're getting younger. Out, and he said, hey, you got some gas money? Hop in the car. Let's go. And we went halfway across the U.S. in a car. And it was pretty amazing. We, we knocked out some shows, man. Yeah, we did a bunch of shows. Ended up at South by Southwest. Met a lot of people. That's right. Here we are now. There you go, day. man. I mean, artists, man, you got to travel, you know? Yeah, that was one of the most important things we thought is like, well, I mean, our first show, I'm, I'm from a group called Dago Produce, and we were one of the only, not only touring acts out of here, but it was very few hip-hop touring acts out of here. And our first show was in Las Vegas. I didn't even have a local show to start, you know what I mean? And it was important that that happened because I built a fan base right off top, and I saw it. So we toured pretty much five years straight after that, all around the country, opened up for some of the biggest acts, some of the biggest festivals, um, got to experience a lot of dope things, a lot of different business connects. And luckily I, I already had experience from when I was signed as an exclusive engineer to this group called the Affiliates out of the Bay. And we got to do touring with Tech 9 and we got to do some other stuff across the country and that type of stuff gave me the you know skills to understand that as to understand that as well that we need to hit the whole country and not just focus on the city you know yeah right on i mean yeah if you look at all the artists art movements man like typically they have their home base exactly ultimately they have to travel and yeah it worked out for me as well because i was doing art and selling my art here and uh i was having success with uh selling but when I went on the road with Jay Troner's brother, I realized that smaller towns don't, they're not as spoiled as San Diego, so people would actually come out and support. They'd buy a t-shirt, Everything. buy a CD, whatever, any merchandise right. you had, they would yeah. buy it. And uh, it, it, it was very motivating to be on the road because 
I, I left with no money. I was just surviving on the money I was making on the shows. Yeah, man, sometimes it feels like that too. Like, you know, people, local people, they see you all the time, so they don't get excited about like what you're doing all the time. Yeah, it was it was funny because like I got this big write up in the city beat for extra special good when I dropped this project called the Bottom Feeders right before I went on tour, and like no one really cared. You know what I'm saying? That that happened in San Diego. I go on the road and I'm showing people and I'm booking these shows and everyone's like, oh, that's dope. Okay, like you're what's kind of hot in Southern California. Okay, as like let's let's see what you're about. But I hear I'd come home and it'd just be like, yep. That's Jordan from, you know, South San Diego. Everyone grew up here. And it's just like you're a homie, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of cool because this is like my safe haven. I come back, I rest my head, see my family, see my homies, hit that road, get that money, you know? Yeah. And it, was, it, it, works, it, it works out. As an artist, you, you get to put your face to the music. So when someone buys your stuff from you, it's an automatic connection because they bought it from you, you yeah. know? I had someone come up to me right before a show and and buy the chain off my neck that I was rocking. Yeah, I remember that. It's like, yeah, let me, yeah. can I, I want that one. Wow. I was like, okay, bro. Now, nowadays they just snatch them. Yeah. It was like, that kind of chain. Yeah, it, was, it was a merch chain that I rocked. It was that a I handmade, it was yeah, a handmade wooden, wooden speaker box, Dego yeah, yeah. Produce chain. And I would sell those to my, my fans and they would rock them at the shows. You know, I'd come back after like two months and they'd be front, standing there with my chains on, rocking to my music because I sold it to them face to face. Yeah, that you was know dope. what I'm saying. So I got to see a lot of that dope stuff, and that just made made it understood. Like, okay, let's use San Diego as a safe haven. Let's use everybody else as as the business. You know, right. Didn't you just produce, or you guys won the San Diego Music Award? You produced that album. Yeah, I I recorded, mixed. Master co-wrote it with my boy 1019 the number man we won best hip-hop album 2015 um that project i actually nationally toured as well i took that all over and i think that's what helped me at the end win that award you know what i mean is because not too many people were touring yeah so the competition yeah i mean if you stay here that's cool and if you're popping in san diego that's cool no one's taking that from you but like when I go to a city and people are like, Jay True. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy, bro. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen you in three months. Like, what? <laughs> and they, they act like you're their, you know, like their closest homie or something. It's a genuine like for your music. Right. You know, that project you just dropped was it Reminds tight. you why you're doing it, right? Exactly. Like, we're in Salt Lake City and the homie pulls up and he's bumping my dispensary music project. I'm like, that's tight, man. Like, we just dropped that randomly and you got that on a disc in your car and you're in Salt Lake, you know? like Yeah, they show love over there for yeah. sure. And he, he gets his artwork off like in a major way. I, I've never seen merch sell so good until we saw his photography, like his canvases, his printouts, his stuff. And then he put like the real life to the photo, you know what I mean? Yeah. And people would come up and be like, I want like five prints all right and let me get that canvas all right and then he that was a one person and then someone else would come up and someone else would come up yeah it always amazed me when people bought art because like i'm from puerto rico you don't people don't buy stuff like that you know like people buy things out of necessity luxury it's a luxury you know to buy art and um i've always been into hustling so 
not like selling dope or anything, but like I've always wanted to make my own money. I never liked working for other people. So. I hear I hear uh, dope does that too. <laughs> yeah, dope will do that too. <laughs> but I never sold dope. I always kept myself in the clear of that. But um, when I seen that people were Less responding, than dope's not dope. <laughs> <laughs> when I seen how people were responding and they were buying stuff, and I was actually able to like make good money off it, it, it inspired me to just keep doing it. And um, yeah. For sure, it, it definitely evolved into us coming back home, hitting up Ukeem like, "Yo, we have a residency." I had a residency at Coffee Lounge for like five years, oh, and yeah, yeah. it was a hip hop show that we just kept going for forever. And Ukeem, yo, I need you to come sell art here. I need you to hook me up with some artists, and then that became that, and it just evolved into like, no matter what, when you tour with someone on the road. You yeah, have it's this like brotherhood for sure, forever. So you, you know? guys came back with like <clears throat> with, a, with a new bond, per yeah, se. Yeah, so well, we didn't even really know each other when we went on the road together. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> yo, my, our homie was like, yo, I got a guy that's supposed to come out and meet us and sell some art. If he gives you guys some money, can he bring him? Yeah, so like I and, was working with the Fusion Project, and they were going to South by Southwest. His brother Tram Life also worked with the homie from the Fusion, and the, he they were going to South by Southwest. So they were like, hey, um, if you got some space, he'll give you some gas money. And they met me in the alley right here and behind the building, picked me up, threw all my artwork in the car, and we just rolled out. And now <laughs> it is... It, that must have been a packed car. It was a little packed. Yeah. But we were we were good. It wasn't... As long as we didn't have one more extra person, we were sitting all right. Yeah, you know what I mean? But... Yeah. Yeah, then, you know, now it's at the point where we see each other at the Music Awards this year because I produced a project, um, 1019, in the Aki, and that one was called Solus. I don't want to say the wrong name, but it's, it's a, like some kind of Latin name or something like this. But he actually won Best Hip Hop Album. So I see you came at the Music Awards, and I'm like, what's up, man? I got this studio in Lemon Grove, and he's like, Yo, come by Queen Bee's. I want to show you this studio. Now, that brotherhood that we built back in 2012 made us business partners. Right, 2018, right. full circle with Queen Bee's in my studio, 619 Studios. That's sweet. And I, I like what you guys have done there. Um, and I want to definitely get into that. I want to talk about the studio. Um, I should note, though, you guys would, uh, as far as the audience, would definitely notice that there's something different about today's show. George is not here today. George, uh, my uh, usual co-host here, uh, wasn't able to make it today, but he sent his best, and uh, you know he wanted us to drink on him. Uh, too bad we don't have his credit card, though. <laughs> anyway, but today uh, I am drinking uh, the North Park Beer Company's Hazy Boy. Uh, that's a that's an IPA, uh, 6.6. I'm drinking Art is Hard. It's a hazy IPA. It's pretty good. Uh, Give Me a Second is uh, the strongest one that we have here. It's also pretty hazy. And then we have uh, Hop Foo, which I'm actually, uh, I haven't tasted, but I'm going to go ahead and do so now. I've been waiting for this one. Yeah, that beer looks pretty cloudy, that second one. Oh, wow. That Hop, that hop Foo, though, that, that's good. That's smooth. What are you drinking? You know, I don't know the exact breakdown, but more or less, it's coffee type of beer. Oh, it's like a coffee brewed? <laughs> yeah. It's not it's coffee, though. It's a, it's, it's, it's not a beer. It's got like oh, a it's a coffee blonde. There you go. That's what you said. Uh, coffee, coffee blonde. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bl- bl- blondes are t- typically pretty smooth. <laughs> I guess they just had their festival, so they have a lot of IPAs. 
I want something lighter. Yeah, I, I actually I really like their menu. I'm I mean the this show is called the Hoppy Hour. You know, I like it hoppy. I like it. <laughs> My, the URL make it hoppy. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you guys show your support. Go to makeithoppy.com. <laughs> yeah, there anyway, you go. Uh, so, George, feel better. I know you're not feeling good. Feel better. Uh, let's go ahead and move on. So, George, tell me a little bit about this music studio. How did you, Alma, and Yukim come together to build this uh, this music studio at Queen Bees? So, like I was saying, I, I saw them at the Music Awards. Yukim came out to me, congratulated us on the win when we took that project home or that uh, award home. And they pretty much, they've been seeing what I've been doing for a while now. I've had my studio for about five years. And we've been from North Park next to Luigi's Pizza. Then we went to Lemon Grove. And now we're, we ended up at Queen Bee's. And we pretty much, they had the space already built. They were like, yo, we spent money on this space. We like what you're doing. We like the product you bring through. We like what you're putting out. We think that if you come fill our spot with your studio we got something cooking you know and then pretty much i used to be a booker of talent back in the day for for different places around here so you got connections so i have connections so now i can help them with certain events i could i'm a live sound engineer so i could help them run sound if they need it so i we open up a whole new business thing with this where it's like yeah I can, I can, you know, besides the studio, I can help out in other ways, which, which helps everyone out at the end. The studio's been doing pretty good. We've put out a lot of big stuff. We've been putting out stuff for, um, like, Joe Haas. We've been putting out stuff for Lil Nico. We've been putting out stuff for Sugar Free. We've been putting out stuff for, um, I just did Troy Ave's new project, Style for Free. We recorded that at Queen Bee's. Um, he just put his video out. His video debuted on BET Jams. Right. And oh, wow. So we've been doing some pretty good stuff. We, we pretty much, they have a good quality studio. I have good quality clientele. We put that together, and now we have this. Now it works. Cause yeah. Luckily, uh, the lady I work for and with, Alma, she's a Props big... Props Alma. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's the queen bee of North Park. And uh, she, she believes in art and music so she built the studio without even having anybody to run it you know she just knew she wanted to record artists so i was like hey you know if you build it eventually the right person will come by so we cycled through a few people and uh jordan was the right fit so he's here with us now we're trying to put on shows let's backtrack a little bit uh queen bees let's tell people what queen bees is because a lot of people don't have any idea what what queen bees is um it's a arts and cultural center, you know. It's really hard to say what it is because we keep evolving as well. So many entities out of there. Yeah, you know, we do so much, you know, from concerts to dancing to private events. So it's really hard to put a nail on what it is, you know. It's just something that keeps evolving and it keeps people happy. So we keep doing what we do. I see it like a home base for art. Um, you yeah. know, like in North Park before, uh, before there was all of this, there was Claire de Lune. And yep. that's where people used to go to and right. share art, share ideas yep. and stuff. Uh, but as North Park evolved and more people started showing up and Claire de Lune closed, like all that art 
didn't really seem to concentrate anywhere. Uh, but then once Queen Bee's opened, I think that it gave an avenue for all these local artists who, you know, otherwise, you know, they lost their they, they lost their home base. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so I was pretty surprised because when uh, the first time I went to Queen Bee's had to be like four years ago, something like that. And right. um, it, the fact that the space was there, I mean, there was like nothing at that point. There was very little stuff there. But the fact that it was just a space that was uh, welcoming to... Yeah, that's what it is. It was very welcoming to all the artists, and people just kept coming back, and they still keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. I had some canvases hanging over there for a little yeah, while. They do art shows, and yeah, yeah. They do burlesque. <laughs> There's they a burlesque all, show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty cool. And then, um, so music. Music is a new thing, so you, you see Queen Bee's really pushing the music studio now more? I don't think, personally, like the music studio doesn't need to be pushed, you know, there was always that need for it because we have so many people coming to the door that want to do music, so it's it's not really a matter of us pushing the music studio, it's having the space available. This is like the emphasis, you know, on the creativity that comes through the spot. Now these artists see a place where they can record for their open mic poetry or their song they play on the guitar or acoustically or whatever you know right now they have an outlet and that we give these artists a place to let the outlet out and a place to put it down on wax you yeah, know what i'm saying so now we're offering like a full like a like the like the full bang the full shebang you know what i mean right. and we hear these artists as well i try to go to these shows check these artists out because i know how important it is I remember throwing these shows that were like open mic, 16 bar freestyles, and I'd find someone that's super tight. Yeah. And be like, dang, you actually got a lot of talent, man. Like, come make some music with me. Or, uh, and it's uh, just like right, right, right across the hallway right yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> so I show up, I open up the studio, I let them see it's kind of back there, and I kind of come out and I'll watch them on the stage, and they come out and they kind of figure out who I am, and they'll be like, yo, you, you work back there? Yeah, man, I'm just checking you out, so you, you know, and then they kind of talk to me, and then we get this connection, and now the next time they see me, they're, you know, I got this song, or, you know, can we record something, and I think that's what's really important, is they have a full outlet now, you know, it's like, I have a big platform, I have a pretty big, like, base to drop your music on, so if you come with the real talent, I actually have good... Got, the, got the workflow, got the connections, yeah. is the full package. So exactly. it, sounds, it sounds like uh, Queen Bees is uh, going to become a full-fledged like production studio. Uh, any idea of including video and uh, all that stuff for it? Um, we do. I mean, we have people that come in there and film all the time. Um, you know, we are trying to put a makeshift photo studio in the middle. Uh, we try to do it all. People come to do all kinds of art. That's why I said I can't really put my finger on it, you know, as far as what, what art we promote because we, we support it all, you know. We support the community. And same thing with the studio. Um, you know, like he was saying, it's a place for people to come and, and do what they do. We were, not that we have money now to say, but we've been doing this broke. You know, we went on the road with nothing. Like, hey, let's just get out here and do what we love to do. Exactly. And now we're back here and we're trying to help other people do the same thing. We haven't lost our passion for what we do and we just keep doing it until we can't yeah, do that, it that, that takes a lot of guts, man. And that's one thing, mm -hmm. like, I, I've, I've known you Keem for, it's got to be like 15 years or so. Yes. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while. And that's one thing that I was telling him the other day that I admire about him is that, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a risk taker mm -hmm. as far as uh, just putting it out there. Um... You know, um, among other things, uh, 
in a way, I wish I was a little bit like that. I, I'm a little bit more careful and more meticulous. Um, I'm not all left-brained. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm, think twice about anything. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a little, I'm a balance between right and left, uh, which is cool, but, you know, like, when it comes to, like, hitting the road, like, uh, with, you know, when I'm broke, I'm probably not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, it takes, it takes a, definite, a definite kind of mind state to get through something like that. We did 27 cities, 17 states, that tour he's talking about. He jumped on it for the first leg, and then after that, we continued on the rest of the tour from... And he jumped on it with us through Vegas, Salt Lake City. We yeah, hit Colorado. Colorado. Then we went down into Fort Worth, Texas. Then he did Austin with us. And then after that, we did a whole other leg. Yeah. And um, like that, that shit was just, it was dope to do stuff like that. And to be able to bring that, that passion with us to do that type of stuff, to get that out. And we have a platform now that we can get other people out. So people come to me that are pretty big, like, yo, can you book our tour? I've seen what you've done. Can you book our tour? And to be able to put the mindset that we can do this. We don't have that much dough. We're going to invest pretty much the dough we got right now to do this and get on this road well, and let, make let, it let, back. Let me ask you the, the big money question, man. Like, why, why did you... Why do you do what you do, man? Why, what got you into music? Why do you do it with such a passion that you would just drop everything and hit the road like that? It was crazy because like, in high school, I put this girl out. She was like, yo, can you help me get this scholarship to San Francisco State? I'm like, all right, cool. Her name is Marquita Temple. She went to high school with me. And Shout I, out to Marquita. Yeah, shout out because without that, that wouldn't have gave me the drive because I put her project out for her that she sent in for the scholarship and she got the $10,000 scholarship to it. It's not the biggest scholarship, but to someone that's got nothing, oh, yeah. that's, that's a lot for her. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. for me to help her get that and for me to see that my music is good enough to do that. So then I applied to college and I had to send in a demo. I couldn't just like apply to the college. It was like, you apply, then you send in your demo to show your music skill. And you pretty much get graded and bass. And if you don't even pass that, you don't even get accepted at all, yeah. no matter how smart you are. And I was a top ranked freshman. I came in with a perfect score in mixing. Sweet. And he was, I came in as someone they were looking forward to me. You know what I mean? It felt weird. Yeah, and, it had to feel good though, right? Yeah, it felt great. Cause like I show up and, and just, you know, I'm a biracial kid. I mix with black and white. I go to this pretty much dominant white college, and I'm from San Diego. This is like rich kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm from like San Ysidro, San Diego. So like San Ysidro, IB, all that. So being able to go up there and people asking about you, like, oh, you're the kid that came in with the perfect score. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's me, you know? So then it's like, oh, Studio C is gonna be yours. <laughs> so you have complete access to that. If a kid is in there working, they're gone. You can go in and say you need it, and they got to move to a different studio. There you go. You know what I mean? So I get that. And then That's I my had, status. I had a mentor that was helping me, Delana Lindsay, and she's like, you're really good, man. Let me make you a music supervisor for my film company. And I'm like I said, I'm 18. I've never done anything like this. And I'm like, cool, but I'm getting all these big opportunities right off top. That's when it made me know, like, okay. This might, this like, might be a path for you. Yeah, right? like, yeah. this is actually going to work. Like, I could do this. If everyone's believing in me like that, they're hearing something I don't hear. Like, you know, you're your own biggest critic. Right. 
You just go off of that. It's you know. You know what's funny is that I bet you probably like listened to something that you recorded like years ago. Yeah. And you probably look back and you're like, man, I could have could have fixed this. I could have fixed that. Oh yeah. Do you, do, you, do you find yourself catching yourself in that mentality where you're All like constantly time. editing your work? All the time, dude. I'm. But that's what an engineer is. Like a music engineer, you have to be tedious. You have to be right. meticulous to your work, and you have to show people like show people like this is why I do what I do this is why you come to me because you, you gotta know when to add the air horn don't be like yeah. DJ Khaled and added it don't overdo it because <laughs> then you it. become Khaled you do it right you become DJ uh, DJ Clue uh, <laughs> Flex go. anything like that you know what I'm saying but I mean hey shout out to DJ Khaled though I like his show yeah. uh, oh his is hype the, the, the four. Oh yeah this is this is dope yeah, I think it's dope been. that they're making all these little music things that let people show a platform to scale, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, actually, I heard about that, um, that a part of the reason they're doing that is because the music industry has been kind of going through a lot of changes. Oh, it's and horrible. Yeah, so one of the ways that these artists are making money now is through being on television yeah. more than their music itself, so that's why you got, you know, Christina Aguilera, yeah. you got all, the, all these guys. The only person who probably doesn't need to be there is P. Diddy. Yeah. <laughs> He's got enough. But, but he's I think the he king just of likes, that. Remember that? I think Making he just the band, the fucking girl one. Yeah, I, I, I got to give props to my wife, Angie, because she's the one that got me on that show. And like, I'm always usually <laughs> hating. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. You know but, what I watch? But I, I'm, I'm stuck to that now. I like watching Shark Tank. Hey, that's oh, just that's, savage. That's bad. They're savage. <laughs> that's right? bad, yeah. Yeah. I like how people come with good ideas and they say they sell a lot. And they're like, nah, nah, that's not a good idea. That's not selling enough for me. And this person's like, yeah, With that whole spiel thinking that like those people are savage, man. David, it makes me wonder, like, you know, how come I don't have any any, any patents right now? You know, why <laughs> why haven't I invented? I feel so behind when I watch shows like that, you know. Yeah, we gotta invent some shit. One of us do. Oh, I'm, about to, I'm about to start thinking of things to do too, like making plugins stuff like that through music now. Oh, software stuff. I have a sound that people ask for. I, they literally ask, "Hey, that sound you making that beat?" Mm-hmm. Let me get that. Like, put that sound on there. I'm missing that. And it's like, all right. And I put that sound I do, and they're like, ah, now we're good. I'm happy now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But uh, now I, I feel like I can make a plugin based off my sound I made. You know, that's pretty much all plugin presets are. And you sell that preset, or you can make a plugin based off that heart, you know. And you can, you can. So, so what's what's keeping you from from doing that right now? I gotta find a fucking. Pro- I mean, I'm not bad. I mean, cause I gotta find someone that can program like that's that. That's all right. We've had worse. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta find someone that can do Don't that. Don't fucking cuss, bro. <laughs> <laughs> to build that platform for me, so I can tell them. I, I, you know, I can tell them frequencies and whatnot of what to build the 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 shit off of, but. Yeah, I think I'm definitely about to jump into that game next because I've. That's, it, that, that's really interesting though. I mean, just messing with waveforms because I, I used to work with a, a company that does nothing but uh, make like race cars faster. Yeah. <laughs> and they mess with the tuning, you know, and that's yeah. all wavelengths. They're yeah. just messing with with the computer to get the wavelengths in the perfect harmony. Exactly. And boom, before you know it, your car is twice as fast. Yeah, I took this class in college, just like a mastering class, and we had to patch sounds to make instrument sounds. And I used this program called PD, and you just send like a certain frequency, like a certain kind of wave, like a sawtooth or a step wave or a regular sine wave, whatever. And you send it to like a, like a connector, or like a receiver, sends it out another way and you can like phase stuff out and you make instrument sounds off it that's sweet man so you can make your own plugin like that i just forgot how to do all of that because that wasn't my main focus my main focus was 
just mastering. You know? I remember uh, going to my cousin's studio and like he's playing for us all these fucking sounds he has on his keyboard. Okay, this is like a dumb. Okay, that's sick. Oh, this is guitar. Ding, ding, ding. He's like, and then I got all these fart noises. Look. And I'm like, does anybody ever ask for that on the beat? Like, hey, you think you can put that wet fart like right after I say this shit? Right? Extra soggy, please. Extra soggy with some bass. That's rough. Yeah, you got the fart sound on your shit? Nah, nah. Okay, I'm gonna no have to one, get you that package. No one's asked me for that yet. They ain't begging for that. Someone did ask me for the underwater though one time. It made me sound like I'm underwater. And I looked at him like, why? <laughs> That's, like, that why? doesn't sound like anything. Yeah, like what? You sound like you're just sound like you're bubbling. Does it sound like you're drowning? It was yeah. interesting, and we ended up scratching that whole idea. Thank God. Oh man, I, I got to give shout outs one more time. North Park Beer Company. They're hosting uh, our flight here. Uh, you know, our, our Hoppy Hour podcast. Yeah, you guys I are. It up. You guys are officially now at, uh, part of the Flight Club, which is. Uh, what we call our little club here every time we uh, take a couple of flights. You gonna drink this whole thing? Dude, go for it, man. I know you like it. Shit. Alright. Nah, I'm gonna try this one. Now you gotta drink it. (laughs) That one looks like that one. I know, that's why I think. They're pretty close. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna taste yours too if you don't mind. It's already hot. You should get your own, don't play. (laughs) (laughs) Your hot ass hands. It looks like pineapple juice, whatever you just drink. It doesn't taste like pineapple juice. (laughs) Alright, let's... Oh, uh, yeah, this is coffee. Yeah. It smells just like coffee. Bitter coffee. Extra bitter because the beer. Well, yeah, that tastes good, man. Not bad. Yeah, the the, the coffee one kind of, it, it, it tastes like coffee because yeah. it, it is really bitter. And yeah. that overpowers the, the hoppy uh, taste. I like this place, um, North Park um, Beer Company. They've always showed us love at the Queen Bee's. Um, anytime we've had events, we asked for a keg, they've hooked us up. Like the, the local breweries are here, they're awesome, man. I give a shout out to them. Mike has, they've never said no, you know, you always ask them for something and they got you. Like they, they really care about what they do, and I appreciate that. It's a community that definitely, yeah. I mean, Northburg has changed a lot, man. You know, oh, yeah, definitely. It, 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 yeah, I used to be out here. It's almost unrecognizable. Like I walked by that barber shop that's right there, right by uh, Seven Grand. Oh, that fancy one? Yeah, and I looked and I go in there, I was like, you know what, let me get a business card. I was like, how long have you guys been around? Like three years. I was like, shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you guys hiding? Yeah. Like, now there's a big sign that says Barber right on the front. Oh, that's a nice one, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much stuff around it that I never really saw it, you know? Yeah, I remember when like a lot of this stuff wasn't here just like eight years ago. You know what I mean? 2010, I started being around this area. I moved up from, from South Bay. And it was a lot different, you know? And yeah. now everything's just so fancy now. It's, yeah. it's so interesting. All the new all the new condos they're building. I mean, awesome real shit. It's, it's kind of savage what they did over there at North Park Lighting and Theater. They tore it down and they- Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah, didn't, they, they tore it down. They tore down all the houses surrounding it and built this huge, they're building this human humongous like apartment complex no i don't think it's an apartment complex i don't know what it it's is it's supposed to be like a a park and stuff no 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 there's there's a building up right now is it observatory no 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 north park, north park lighting oh, and theater on oklahoma boulevard in alabama okay i i would have said it's across a blockbuster but that'd be like 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, yeah they tore down that historic building and the blockbuster's gone too by the way yeah the block, they tore <laughs> no! they turned that into a paint store I'm like Edward I was about Edwards. to return my movie <laughs> yeah it's been changing man but it's cool at least the bars are still working with music they're not changing that 
Right. You know, we still got First Fridays at Bar Pink. Uh, shout out to my brother and his crew, Nosaka DJs. You came, he works with them as well. Yeah, my people. Dude, um, back when I was growing up here, like the de- the demographics around here has just changed completely, man. Because like now you see like you know families, you see people that you probably would have seen at Tory Pines earlier in the day. Yeah, you know? uh, they're all down here. And back in the day, it was not like that. No, not at all. And um, you know, I was like 21, thinking I was you know invincible. I'd be walking down these streets, like going to the Save On that's open 24 hours, going like at one in the morning, to, <laughs> and like I would see some crazy stuff, man. Yeah. But you know, when I think about it. That, that that stuff stays with you and even though some stuff was crazy a lot of stuff was good and the good always overpowers but you tend to think good about like your past I think yeah. growing up you know you remember the good more than you remember the bad that's true unless you're just a total psychopath <laughs> you just like to keep hurting yourself over and over just stuff it all deep deep inside <laughs> so what's gonna be going on um New uh, in the neighborhood that you guys know of. Is there going to be any new events? Queenie's always doing some stuff. What what is yeah, Queenie going to do next? We got a day party coming up. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, actually, first off, we got the Doppelgangers coming up. The Doppelgangers are a hip hop group, which is funny that we're bringing them here because when we went on tour six years ago, we actually did a show with them. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're coming over here, so you know it, it seems like everything just keeps going full circle. Um, but we got a. What is it? The compilation release party for? Yeah, so the studio's been record every music. I have a music Monday, where Mondays it's open studio. I have a production team come through, live instruments, live production, like different rappers come through, different people jump on different songs. And I ended up making a compilation of like I think it's 15 songs right now. So I'm gonna release it, give everyone a, a way to, you know, kind of build a buzz for whatever project they're doing. How are you doing. gonna release it? Is this gonna be a? Uh, 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 album you're releasing as far as like a downloadable album or a physical uh, CD? It'll probably be it'll probably be more like we're gonna do physical CDs we're gonna put it up on TuneCore which releases it on everything. Uh, What's well, crazy you know I just bought a computer it doesn't even have a CD drive anymore. Yeah it's weird you got to buy that and connect the USB yeah, and all that yeah, shit. The new Macs man I, I love them but yeah. Well, they create the future. That's what I like about Mac, taking out the headphone jack, removing the CD, because they're making the future. Yeah, by the way, I can't use my headphones because they're made from my iPhone that's too advanced for this jack. So <laughs> <laughs> I was over here working with, like, a broken ear earphone for a little while. Guys, I got to give credit uh, to Dre, to Dr. Q, and Jake, who are working the bar tonight. Jake's the GM. Uh, if we get a chance, we might get a chance to talk to him real quick and just talk about, you know, North Park and how it's going for him. They're celebrating their two-year anniversary. Um, if you guys want to check out uh, North Park, they have a happy hour, two dollars off, full full pours um, of house beers Monday through Thursday, three to six p.m. And Saturday and Sunday, uh, they do that during brunch. Come check them out. They're on the corner of Ohio and University here in North Park. Uh, Shout-outs to George. George, wherever you're at, we're thinking about you. And uh, definitely uh, check out the website, makeithoppy.com, make a purchase, and show some support for the local community. All right, guys, so we're entering the second half of our show here. One thing that I definitely like to uh, to ask people when I come visit the community is what makes the community different. Uh, North Park, we, you know, we talked a little bit about how it is, but you know, as far as it being different from other neighborhoods in San Diego and you know, in other parts that you guys toured at, what makes North Park different? For me personally, um, 
He just reminds me of, it's not as busy, I would say, as like Jersey City or New York. However, um, it's one of the busier parts in San Diego that mixes a lot of cultures. Like there's some parts of San Diego that are still segregated or divided, um, you know, so I do like that about out here. There's a lot of nightlife. I'm not a big nightlife person per se as to go out, but I work nightlife. So, you know, I DJ as well. I don't know if you even talked about that, but I DJ, I do um, a lot more Latin stuff. I've DJ with Telemundo, Univision, Toyota for their Latino division, Bloomingdale's, Neiman Marcus, a lot of retailers. But my specialty is the, the Latin market. I'm from Puerto Rico, like I said earlier. And yeah. I shout out to Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Puerto Rico. So I listen to a lot of music from back home and I stay in touch with uh, my roots of music and even the more modern stuff. So You recently traveled, right? To go yeah. celebrate the uh, Puerto Rican festival? Yeah, we went out there for the festival, we went out there for the parade, went to, um, well, the festival was in the Bronx, the parade was in uh, Manhattan. I got a lot of family and friends out there. It was just crazy just going out to Times Square in the middle of the, one of the busiest places in the world and people are like, recognize me like friends, like, hey, Yuki, what are you doing out here? <laughs> you know, so that was real dope. Um, and it's different, you know, it's a different speed than out here. Uh, I do happen to like San Diego more. It's more at my pace. New York's a little too busy for me, but I, I go out there when I can. I used to go out there a lot. And San Diego tends to be pretty sleepy. I mean, I think it's yeah. growing and it's, uh, you know, with communities like North Park is, they're dropping a lot of money in downtown, North Park, uh, South Bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's becoming like the, the new downtown. Like downtown, if you're from, if you've been in San Diego for the past 10 years, you're over downtown. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah, on the beach. You're done. You're done with all of that because <laughs> you you know it's gonna just be like a hassle to well, do. Well, it's any seasonal of that. too. I mean, right? Like yeah. you're not gonna go to the beach in winter. And North Park is like a year-round party. You know, like yep. you don't have to worry about that out here. You come out here, it's five bucks to get into an event. I don't think I've seen anything over ten. Dude, I found three dollar parking, man. Where else in San? <laughs> exactly. Like. You I mean, you can find it free, but that's for losers. They have a lot of things <laughs> where it's like free before nine, and you end up being in there for the event or something like that. You know what I mean? And it's they have a lot of events out here. They have a lot of bars opening up. Luckily, each of these bars is becoming a place that, that you can do live music at. They're not just opening these bars where it's just... Well, you know what the cool thing, too, about you guys working at Queen Bee's? Um, I mean, I, I relate to when I used to work in downtown, right on Fifth Street. Yeah. Like I used to know all the business owners around, and uh, when you know people in in the neighborhood, you know other business owners, and you can walk around. You kind of have a little bit more of a swag, you know. You're walking mm -hmm. around, you feel more comfortable, you feel more at home. Yeah. Um, as opposed to somebody who just lives there and doesn't do anything, you know. Yeah. Uh, shout outs to the art community guys, like uh, whoever hasn't come and checked out Queen Bees, uh, check them out one of these days. When's the next art show? Do you know when uh, you guys are gonna do another one? Not off the top of my head. I mean, we do so much stuff, and I look at so many dates on the calendar. I, I can't memorize everything, but if you go on queenbeesd.com, you'll see flyers, you'll see dates coming up. Yeah, um, July 15th, we're, for that release party, we're going to have live art. There you go. And we're going to have art We were just shown. talking about that, and I already forgot about it. <laughs> so you can come check out some live art there. We got some dope people that do in-house work for us, as well as some locals that we just know, so... If you're in the art, check it out. If you're in the live music, check it out. If you're in the day parties, that's what it is. Two to six, July 15th, we throw day parties now. The whole that's summer. Sweet. 
Yeah, good place to warm up. <laughs> it's a good place too. Like if you're gonna, uh, you need space to rent out, right? It's pretty affordable. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. I'm what kind of out. what kind of stuff do people do? I mean, uh, earlier today I, I was walking through and it looked like they were having a party. Um, so yeah, you, you guys like, do, do banquets and stuff. If you got some money, we could probably make it happen. There you go. <laughs> yeah, like, no yeah. limit to the parties we can throw. <laughs> yeah. So just come check it out. Yeah, so if you want to have enough money left over to make it rain at your party, come by. Yeah, <laughs> come by. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's also here on the corner of Ohio and University. You know, I keep coming back to Queen Bees just because um, ever since I was introduced to it, because, you know, I came over to, to hang out with you, you came uh, all those years ago. Um, I, I I realized there was something different about that place, you know. Definitely. The the potential, the potential was definitely there. So uh, you know, I hope that everything that the Queen Bees is looking to do is a success because uh, San Diego definitely needs it, uh, and especially an affordable solution for things. You know, you want to have a party, you want to have something for your you know your child, for your family member. Like you know, why drop? Uh, all this money and go into a hotel when you could stay in the community and well, do it at the reality place. of it is like we only do the private events and stuff like that so that we can do the art stuff because a lot of the stuff that we do for the community doesn't make a lot of money so something has to offset that cost you know North Park is very expensive now they just they keep raising the tax every year so eventually people like us won't even be able to afford being here you know luckily if uh, it continues that's for sure if it continues the way it is, we're gonna get pushed out, but we're gonna sit around as long as we can, you know. So we do do a lot of things, you know. Like I said, the private events and all that, but our focus is the art, the music, um, and and to cultivate that, you know. Whether it's somebody who's never been on a microphone before, or somebody who's been on it a thousand times. You guys heard it here first. Call your congressman. Tell him to do something. City council. That's right. <laughs> Man, don't get me started. <laughs> when I when I first came to San Diego. Uh, my family was living in a two-bedroom apartment, $375. Y'all had two bedrooms? Two Damn, bedrooms. I don't room. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they eventually tore down it's that building. Like that I think no it was a crack, a crack building, but, you know, yeah. still, 375 dude, in hey. San Diego. Hey. Hey, the funny thing is that my neighborhood, when I moved here to San Diego, was, like, really bad. You know, there were these, you know, my neighbors, there were some crackheads. There was a lot of shady stuff going. It was a huge apartment complex, and... Yeah, later on, you know, 10 years later, they redeveloped the entire neighborhood. They tore down that building, built a school. Yeah. You wouldn't recognize it nowadays, man. Like, uh, City Heights. Shout yeah. out to City Heights. Anybody who's uh, still there, man, like, you guys are the heavy hitters. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and I recommend people, you know, if you're in a neighborhood, go check out some new spots. You know, I don't really get out much, per se, because I work a lot, but, you know, um, for instance, U31 is one of our neighboring spots. They bring real hip-hop shows, you know. My, my boy uh, Matrix, he does the boom bap over there, and it's the real deal. They got DJ battles. They got real MCs who want to rap, you know. Uh, and we all work together, you know. Um, so I would recommend, you know, get out of your comfort zone. Go check out your neighborhood. Go support the neighborhood because that's the only way you're going to keep it alive. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, and, if, you know, there's if there's not, like, a business around your neighborhood, volunteer at schools maybe or know. create your own thing you know get something going don't be scared to do it you know um, that, what that. does that mean though because you know like I think that some young people might hear that and say oh well if I want to be seen it means I gotta go right up a wall you know like it may not be about tagging your name somewhere like what? I would say it's all about your intention like 
what is it you're what is it you're trying to do ultimately um, you know so it's hard for me to say because my opinion is no different than anybody else's I just did what I want to do and things happen to work out I wouldn't say they happen to work out I made sure they worked out you know what I mean so um, but um well, yeah. you know what? That's funny because, okay, so we didn't talk about Zakeem, but you've been practicing design now for a little while, right? Yeah, so my background is in um, visual art. I went to a photography school in Santa Barbara, which was Brooks Institute. I'm not sure if it exists anymore. Um, I studied there for a year. That was in 2001. Um, came back home a little drained from art, you know, just because I was going to school all day and I didn't... Santa Barbara's a very nice place, but I'm from a city, and it, uh, I had to visually see more to get motivated, so I came back home, and a lot of my good friends, for instance, uh, Xavier, uh, Aliasha, you know, they were working with uh, big-name clothing labels, Fat Farm, Mecca, all the new hip-hop brands that were coming up, so they took me into their wing, and I would go watch photo shoots and watch them design stuff, and it always intrigued me. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life, but... I admired what they did and I wanted to do what they did so from an early age I I got a, a an eyeful per se you know of like oh shit you know were, were they just people you were looking at or were they mentors like did no they were definitely mentors um, so you know actually I just seen them when I got to New York I, I just seen Savior my brother Jesse every time he's in town he comes visits me um, you know that's like a whole topic of its own you know like the importance of mentors in your life. You oh, know? Very oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, very important. You know, like that you seek out. You know, my brother's my mentor. My brother worked at Google. He's just in the neighbors. And it's last call for beer. It's last call for beer. Last call for beer. For tonight, please see your bartenders right now. Once again, it's now last call for beer. Jeez, do you think it's last call for beer? Last call for alcohol. <laughs> That's pretty loud. <laughs> Let's go do a keg stand real quick. Can you hold yeah. my feet? <laughs> for sure. But anyways, yeah, my brother, he was a very smart guy. Uh, works for Google. And uh, he's two years older than me. He's already pretty much retired. And, um, you know, hanging out, like I said, Savior and Aliasha and seeing them do big things made me realize that I couldn't do anything less. Exactly. You know, you know I need to strive for something bigger and better. And when my... Right after high school, I didn't really have shit going for myself, but I knew I didn't want to stay here and just get drunk and get high with my friends. So, you know, I decided to take off to a private school and studied art, really not knowing what was going to happen. And like I said, I came back to San Diego. There was really nothing going on for me as far as the art world because I hadn't seen much yet. I was fresh out of high school, went to college, came back home, started doing odd jobs in restaurants or uh, nursing homes, whatever the fuck I could do just to get by. And, and uh, eventually, things started picking up. I started getting called by people to do photography just because I was showing my stuff. Um, DJ Artistic from San Diego, he's pretty well known, very respected in the community. He reached out to me and asked me to start photographing events for him. Um, so I agreed to it. And next thing I know, you know, I was photographing, hanging out with Daddy Yankee and all the big stars from Puerto Rico Sweet. at events he would send me to. And I realized I couldn't work for anybody, for anyone any longer. You know, I was already working these dead-end jobs. I had just had my second daughter. And um, as I was very happy in my home life, I knew I couldn't just sit there and waste away at a job. 
And when I first left my job, it was really tough because I didn't have much money coming in at all. But I knew I couldn't go back to work, you know. So I made sure it worked out. Um, and just by working in the music scene, I started watching the other DJs DJ, and that's how I learned how to do what I did. I didn't. Nobody um, taught me much in that aspect. I would just sit there and watch the DJs as I was photographing them, and uh, put two and two together. Started doing my own thing. That worked out, and um, you know, here we are now. Well, it's funny because I met you, I, I met you when you started with the photography thing. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, we met at a, a wedding, Becky's wedding, I think. Yeah, it was. yeah, we did. A, I did a wedding, and Hydro brought you guys along, and actually, you know what? Yeah, that's a funny story. Because he actually got hired to do it, but he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. So he asked me to, because I would bullshit people too all the time. Like, yeah, I can do it. And I told him, I was like, look, just bullshit people. You get the job and you call me. <laughs> and that's what happened. You know, she was like, yeah, 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 I got this all day. And then he called me like, hey, bro, can I borrow your camera? Like, you ain't even got a fucking camera. How are you, how are you just taking gigs? <laughs> no wonder you called me. <laughs> yeah. So I go over there. Shout, I, shout out to Hydro. Yeah, Good friend of mine. He's, uh, he's out there somewhere. I know this from high school. Anyways. So I made that work, and um, the whole thing with the wedding thing, like a lot of people would be like, oh, I'm not into wedding photography, but I was a journalist, so I would photograph it as a story, you know? So it was easy for me, it was easy money, but my first passion has always been music, so when the opportunity came to start DJing and being around musicians and getting in the studio with people, it, uh, it seemed more second nature. Well, you know, a lot of artists that I know that are photographers, they tend to uh, not promote their wedding stuff because uh, they say, I don't know if it's true, but they say that once you start doing weddings and promoting that, like, you're a wedding photographer and that's where you are. Yeah. I wouldn't say that because I did it all. Like, I didn't get hired by wedding people because of my wedding stuff. I got hired from them because they would see my journalistic stuff or they would just see the artistic value in it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people that make a lot of money doing weddings. I got friends that charge six grand for three hours. You know, I know people making real money, um, and they're but very that, happy. That's probably what they're going to be doing for the rest of their lives. I mean, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that money buys you the freedom to do what you want, and that's what I look forward to every day, getting up. I, I know that personally my goal is to work less and make more <laughs> as yeah. I as I get older, you know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the way of the future, the way that I see it is passive income. You know, how can you make money with little work which I think requires you to work smarter yeah know? absolutely work smarter know what you're worth you know don't be scared to charge people you're not gonna offend somebody by telling them your price so you know Dude, I used to have like three or four clients at a time you know because I was doing some design work or video work for them and now like I'm only working with one client now and they're a good paying client I've been working on them for two years uh, and the funny thing is that they hired me to do lead generation for them and I was like I can't help you guys if we don't fix your website fix your brand fix your messaging so it ended up being like a huge um, you know two-year project so far and it's still going I just actually did a whole video library for them um, and you know and I actually I'm not a I, I didn't go to school for a video but it's one of those skills that I kind of picked up along the way and yeah. because I'm doing this podcast now audio is another thing that I'm picking up and I, you know as, as corny as it is I got excited because I actually just figured out how to eliminate the background noise on my thing mm -hmm. and, you know and and I realized like how easy it is because I've been using audition and I just kind of you know nobody taught me so I just kind of been uh, somebody told me hey man like you know I could teach you a way to get rid of that background noise and I was like what 
I could teach myself. <laughs> so I just Googled it and I figured it out. And I figured out, you know, compression and... Uh, uh, Gates. You know, just several several different things. I, I have it written down because I don't have it memorized. But <laughs> but yeah, you know, just the basic stuff you need to do to make something sound better. And, you know, I'm going to start applying it to my audio. But, um, you know, it goes back to transferable skills. You know, I work at USD and uh, one of the things That's that... A disclaimer. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I can't drink too much when I say that. Um, when when we talk about skills, because I, I work for specifically the continuation uh, continuing education department, and we really make a big deal about transferable skills. You know, like if you're already a professional and you need to learn something, like learn that skill and that skill should be something that you could carry from job to job mm. uh, you know because what's the point of learning a skill if you can't carry it to a different job and that's one thing actually that I admire about uh, you know design you know my original passion was that um, you could use design for just about anything yeah now you got to be a hard worker that's what I learned from working in the restaurants you know like you get that rush you know where people are coming in for the next three hours and you got to bust your ass real quick, you know. So I don't mind getting my hands dirty, you know, and um, that it's always been a skill for me. What I would recommend young people trying to start out doing their own thing is um, I wouldn't, I would hate to say get people to like you, but people spend money with people they like. Oh, yeah, right? it's like a barber. Yeah, exactly. So you don't necessarily have to be the best at what you do. But get people to like you and, and do what you like, and people will keep spending money with you. Right. You know. No, I, I really, I really actually agree with that because, you know, like the, the tactical side of me wants to say, well, you know, like just don't offend somebody, don't necessarily, you know, just be careful, be careful what you say. Yeah. But, you know, the older that I get, I'm learning like strategically. Like you just kind of have to be upfront and be direct and yeah. you know you have to kind of design your outcome in your brain and then say the things you need to say if it hurts people's feelings oh well so I tend to find I find myself hurting people's feelings nowadays yeah I gotta do that every day in the studio a lot of people come to me because of the way I keep it real they don't want to have a yes man they don't want someone to always say like oh that's tight that's tight they'll never get better I constantly challenge people like, that's cool. Yeah, I, learned I mean, if you want to do something white. tight though, you gotta change it up. So I think you should try that one more time. And people will be like, oh, okay, cool. You didn't say it was whack. You just said I should try it one more time to get a different feeling out. Different ways of talking yeah. to people like that. It's like psychology when you're an engineer. I, I, I'm gonna drop this beat real quick. You tell me if you think it's cold, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just playing. I'm not gonna drop a beat right now, guys. <laughs> now I tell people when I think something's bullshit, you know, because I'd rather them hear it from me and get their feelings hurt right now than wait later and be like, oh, how come yeah. nobody told me this shit sucked? I used to have an employer who was just, like, really harsh on me. And I was like, man, like, it's so hard working for this person. But then, you know, I it would push me to be better, you know, and yeah. learn something different. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for this person, I would probably just be a designer. Because, you know, that's what I was doing. I was a tribe I was in. But they helped me to think a little broader. Um, so, you know, I got deep into branding uh, and marketing. Mm -hmm. And now when I look back at it, um, all three combined, it's a pretty powerful weapon. You Definitely. Know? And, and some people say, well, you need to be a specialist. But... 
Not anymore. Somebody, I heard the term somebody say the word uh, term digital engineer, and he was referencing somebody who was good with a camera, a computer. Like you just know a little bit yeah, about media. everything. Yeah, all the media shit, you know. And that's I guess a modern day term. A digital engineer is what yeah. they call it. But uh, I think that's in all industries. You know, you're getting pushed to downsize if you can, which means you need to so pick up now, somebody else's skill. Yeah, because I mean, you can Google everything, but. You know, in, in the end, that's also a threat to creativity because no, if ultimately people respect, people respect creativity. Like, you, that's not something you can teach somebody. You can, but you can get like you know randomness created by a, a, a computer that could still kind of look cool. You know, there's been certain experiments like that, and with um, this is a whole other topic. But uh, with the development of artificial intelligence. You know, who, who knows what's going to happen. All right, well, we're going to say, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up, guys. Um, before we go ahead and we close up, we're at the 55-minute five, mark, a little short, but let's go ahead and uh, give our shout-outs to whoever we want. Uh, we got Queen Bees, we got North Park, uh, Beer Company. What about you, Johnny? Uh, shout-out to 619 Studio. shout-out to Milanati, shout-out to No Sucker DJs, shout-out to... All the homies, you guys know who you are. Uh, as long as we keep pushing this music, we're always gonna have an avenue for people to release it. You know what I'm saying? So keep keep that vibe coming, and you have an avenue now. Now you know about us. You know where we're at. You know what we're offering. Um, come see us. You know. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Marcos for having me here first and foremost. Sweet. Known him for 15 yeah, years. Shout out to you guys. Yeah, I worked. He had a design studio, a design firm uh, in Combo, and he even brought me on board to work with him. It was real dope. And now I go out there for Korean barbecue and fucking all kinds of Asian food. Hey, well, we're working together again, man. I'm going to be helping out, Queen Bees, and uh, doing a few things. So uh, let's do it. And uh, yeah, shout out to my family. Shout out to everybody. <laughs> yeah, dude. We work together on some other stuff, too, but that's a whole other story. Uh, all right, guys. So once again, thank you very much for uh, joining us today for the San Diego Hoppy Hour. Check us out at makeithoppy.com. Uh, hit us up on It's Hoppy Hour on Instagram. And uh Shout outs to George. George, you gotta you know make it out for the next one. Uh, peace, y'all. Peace. Peace.